Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This Ben Jarofsky Show, Benny J. Bonus Interview is brought to you in part by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J., take it away. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show. It is Friday, November 15th, 2019. Lord knows when you're going to listen to this. It could be any time, because, D, it's a podcast, right? All right. Wait, this is a podcast? <laughs> podcast, man. You put it out in the universe, listen to it anytime. That's how podcasts work, Dennis. All right? Correct. All right. Thank you, Robert Mueller. Uh, as we always do, I ask my distinguished guests to introduce themselves. So I'm going to start with this distinguished guest right here. Introduce yourself. Hi, Ben. Jesse Weinberg. I am a democratic strategist and consultant with K&I Communications, and I'm born and raised on the north side of Chicago, the lakefront. Um, I had dreams of being in the movies, Ben. (laughs) So I moved to Los Angeles about a decade ago and had some great times and actually met my wife, and she wanted to come check out the cold weather in Chicago, so we just moved back here. Did you ever, were you ever in a movie? Oh, yeah, I did a couple movies. Okay. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that today, no. uh, but uh, I love talking about movies. Maybe another time we'll another come time. and talk about it. A distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Paul Greinert. Um, I'm a filmmaker, teacher. Uh, yeah, this film thing is, I guess there's a theme here. And uh, I grew up on uh, North Side. All right, real quick question before we take the deep dive on why we're here. Greatest movie of 2019. We'll start with you, Paul. Just name your favorite movie of the year. Go. Um... Mm, wow, not a correct that's answer. not a good answer. Yeah, is it? we'll go to Jesse first. We just watched the Deadwood movie. Wow, HBO. Oh, it's a, it's it, a TV it's show. Gonna, yeah, it's a TV show. They turned into a movie. Okay. Uh, Vince Gilligan's movie was amazing. Also, a TV theme. They yeah. turned these television shows into feature. So you movies. you don't go to movies in movie theaters? Oh, sure, love movies. So name a movie in a movie theater. Goodness. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the Ben <laughs> Guys, we didn't prepare for this. Not, All right, I'll answer the question for what's you. Your, yeah, what's your favorite? Oh, come on, for man. It. Come on, guys. It's a, like a three-way battle right now between Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Dolomite, and Parasite. We all know that. Parasite. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's I my was, vote. I was just about to say Parasite. Right, Parasite's my thing. And yeah. tomorrow I'll see The Irishman and, and see what I say next week. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, just you guys said movies and it just triggered. There you go. Uh-uh. But we're not here to talk about movies. No. We're here to talk. Mine's Joker. <laughs> hey, I get to answer too, you know. Dr. T is very happy that he actually saw a movie this year. He's, he had some time. The best uh, one. It, 
Well, you know, I haven't seen Joker yet. Okay. I uh, will let you know. Uh, I was supposed to see it last week, but I didn't. Anyway, it's a long story. All right. Um, so we got a lot of different votes here, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, I guess, my. All right. Let's take the deep dive. We're not here to talk about movies. We're here to talk about Mitch McConnell yeah. and uh, Ditch Mitch. Chicago is the name of an organization that has is I guess it's a new organization. And before we take go take the deep dive into the details of what's at stake here, uh, Jesse, just tell people about a Ditch Mitch event that's coming up because I know a lot of people of our listeners are of the Ditch Mitch persuasion, and so they really want to attend this uh, event. So talk about it. Absolutely, this is a way to kick off the organizing season for 2020. And what we're doing is having a fundraiser, having an event with special drinks flavored toward Mitch and his colleagues at the Bottom Lounge on Wednesday night. So the Bottom Lounge, what's the address? Do you have that? 1375 West Lake Street, right under the L-Trax. It's a music lounge they got food there. And we're getting people together. We're, we have some special drinks that we're doing. Uh, the uh, Moscow Mitch is uh, one drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Leningrad Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, with, a, with a little graham cracker I right see. next to it. So that. we yeah. can see a, a theme that's emerging here, and that is that uh, uh, the Russian Governor Putin has an influence uh, on the Republican Party in this Just country. Mitch McConnell, of course, is the senator from Kentucky. He is the Senate Majority Leader. Uh, and uh, is, well, we'll get into it. Um, and by the way, that's 6.30 on Wednesday. 6.30 And you're raising money for what? For Mitch's opponent, whoever it may be, yeah. in in the race for U.S. Senate out mm-hmm. of Kentucky. Yeah. Because they kind of have one senator right now. The, the guy Mitch <laughs> is not even there for them. No. No, he's kind of absent. I mean, I think he's working for himself, mostly. Uh, I'm sure that the people in Kentucky will really appreciate the efforts that we're doing here in Chicago to get involved in their business. Uh, but it's it's a, obviously it's an extremely important situation. So yeah. uh, let's get into, first of all, uh, why are you doing this? Uh, Jesse, we'll start with you, and then Paul, you pick up from there. Why is it so important uh, that Mitch McConnell be defeated? We are living in such factious times, as you know. There's divisiveness, there's hate. um, And people are frankly being turned away from the political process, which is not right, because the political process, politicians, belong to us. Because we vote them in, we vote them out, they are beholden to us. And I am sick and tired of living in a country where people I love are being marginalized brutalized and left out of the process Mm -hmm. when mitch mcconnell fucks with the supreme court like he did Mm -hmm. when obama had a guy um merrick garland absolutely uh you might get to try that drink on wednesday night by the way that's right there's gonna be a merrick garland drink uh, yeah there's the garland gimlet the garland gimlet okay Uh, anyway, so yes, uh, when Mitch McConnell buries that appointment, we'll not even allow it a hearing. Continue. It affects people in real ways. Yeah. When you threaten a woman's ability to choose what she wants to do with her body, when you threaten people's love, uh, who they can love, who they can't love, uh, who they want to be with, um, when you affect people's families by ripping them apart, um, boxing children, um, it, it has real impact on people's lives. And so 
um, that's why I'm involved. That's why I'm here is because I love my family. I love my wife and I love people. Um, I love people and, and, um, the people who are in power don't certainly not the Republicans, Donald Trump. And so, um, I, I'm, I want to dive into the love and, and let everyone know that we get to be together and in, in the togetherness, there's major power. Uh, I'm going to make it about uh, two hometown boys, you know, uh, two homies, uh, Garland and Obama, that uh, this uh, senator from Kentucky took on, you know. So he took on uh, people from, from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we can answer back. Uh, I, I don't think we have to stay silent. Uh, you said that we're uh, involving ourselves in, in uh, the politics of the people of Kentucky, which I, I, I'm not trying to. But uh, I, I think the, the senator from Kentucky uh, uh, took us on mm-hmm. uh, when he did that. Uh, he also, uh, as Jesse was saying, took on um, a huge swath of the uh, of people of the United States mm-hmm. when he did that. Um, so it, it, it is about uh, answering back. Okay. So this is our chance. I would say, by the way, I, I was being a little facetious when I said the good people of Kentucky be upset because I, I find this interesting. Uh, and this is one on one of how uh, conservatives fight the Democrats. So when a conservative senator or congressman uh, is running for reelection and uh, there's opposition that's coming in from out of the district or out of the state, uh, the, the the central conceit is to talk about outside agitators coming in and trying to tell people in the district or in the state uh, how to run their business. And that is just one-on-one of what Republicans do uh, to try to uh, sort of play on the anger uh, and resentment that their constituents may have for people of a, di- a different political persuasion. Uh, they do not have the same attitude, I'd like to point out, when Donald John Trump uh, flies into their state and holds a massive rally and goes, I want you to vote for that one. And they don't, he barely even knows their names. You know what I mean? He doesn't know where they are. One time he screwed it up. He's, I think he was in Kentucky and he said he was in Alabama. So it doesn't even matter. You know what I'm saying? That's so right. it's another example, my humble opinion, I don't put words in your mouth, Jesse, but it's another example of utter hypocrisy of the Republican Party. They're outraged when some liberal in Chicago wants to get involved because they that liberal cannot stand the politics of Mitch McConnell. But, oh, hey, Donnie, come to my state. And, uh, you know, that's right. Well, one, one of the one of the things that we, you know, I know a few people in Kentucky and absolutely we trust people in Kentucky to make the decision for themselves. We're not backing a candidate. We're backing the candidate, whoever the heck it is, because we know Kentucky's going to handle their business. And that is that is a state that I know very little about the political landscape Mm -hmm. um but there are enough people in chicago that want to come together have some fun be communal try the moscow mitch (laughs) with a it's fun to say right just imagine the london gradlin there you go a little graham cracker on the side (laughs) yeah Yeah. the leningrad uh is there even a city in russia called leningrad anymore i don't think so isn't it it was stalingrad oh here's my utter st petersburg yeah failure of geography (laughs) really uh it's just blowing this one live uh i can't remember if there's still a leningrad in russia they want to take us back to the dark ages You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, so we want to get people yeah. together. I mean, that's really the goal is to have some fun. And yeah. uh, as, as it relates to Kentucky, we are not, you know, we, we support them. 
we support people. And I know there are people in Kentucky who do not like Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. 32% approval rating, right? He had... 32% did you say in Kentucky? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow. He has this air of, in, of invincibility, which frankly, from this most recent governor race, mm-hmm. which Donald we'll J. Trump that, flew yeah. in, right? Yeah. Has been punctured. He... He is beatable, Mitch is. And so we want, we in Chicago want to come together um, and, and support their efforts. Absolutely. I, you know what, my, my question is, you know, how many tens of millions of dollars have uh, the Republicans raised uh, using uh, Speaker Pelosi as their, as their uh, I don't know, what is Punching it? Bag. Punching bag. Punching bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the boogie person, right? right? You know, and, and they do it. They do it really well. And uh, what I think that does is it, uh, you know, it, it, it changes the conversation from only about presidential politics. It, 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 it pushes things down ballot, right? When you're talking about the speaker, this is a way to do that. It's to start talking about, it's not only about the presidency, folks. We got to take back the Senate. We have to keep the House. Uh, Without these institutions in the hands of uh, you know people that I consider patriots, uh, you know we're we're heading towards uh, disaster. Mm-hmm. That's where we're heading towards. All right, let's uh, t- take a little deeper dive into that point yeah. that you just made. And by the way, you're absolutely correct. Uh, the Republicans were using Nancy Pelosi as a punching bag, and I didn't hear anybody sobbing mm-hmm. from Northern California no. about you're making fun of my congresswoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so come on, Republicans, got to be of sturdier stuff. All right. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, so explain, uh, Paul, and your, go take a little deeper dive on why it is so important uh, for Democrats uh, to take control of the Senate, or at least not have Mitch McConnell running the Senate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, the, the, <laughs> there's so many, you know, but I think I would start with, uh, you know, pr- uh, judicial uh, appointments, right? I mean, we are uh, judicial appointments to the federal uh, court system are for life. Uh, at this point, I think we have just we have just went uh, over the 50 percent mark in terms of uh, Republican appointees. Now uh, they're in control. Hey, time out. I, I missed this. I believe so. Uh, isn't benchmark? So in other words, you're saying 50 percent of the federal judges uh, no. that are now ruling and reigning in the land uh, have been appointed by. Republican presidents? Yeah, I believe I believe we've just okay. it was today was the one oh that, that tipped I, over the balance. Well, I didn't know it was happened while I was on the air. It's very yeah. fresh, very fresh. Uh, and, <laughs> and I may be news. wrong, but I'm I'm I think so, yeah. right? And and or if not, we're really close to that. Yeah. And and what that means is that means uh, a a lifetime. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not kidding. So with, you know, I'm I'm not. I have some grays, right? Uh, a little bit of gray. Yeah. Uh, Jesse here. I got a couple too. He has a little, yeah. a little less. But you know, but that means I will not see uh, a judiciary uh, ruling um, uh, in a way that I think is uh, just uh, for for the majority of the people mm-hmm. of the United States uh, in my lifetime. Uh, and and so we need to, we need to to lock down the Senate and start changing that you know and the Supreme Court uh, uh, you know uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not going to live forever mm-hmm. she's she's one tough lady but she's she is not going to live forever and so we need to maintain that and how about one of the jurors who's going to be presiding over these impeachment <laughs> hearings the the case when it comes to the Senate yeah yeah this guy's leading the charge and. You know, for me, it, right, the, the Ditch Mitch Fund, one of their taglines <laughs> is, and it is a grassroots movement, is that Washington is broken 
and Mitch broke it. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. <laughs> it's fairly accurate. It's pretty funny. It works yes. for me. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I don't see how uh, Mitch McConnell's doing the will of the people. Mm-hmm. You know, I know there are people in in Kentucky who uh, are, ha- have have hesitation about voting against him because of how much power. This is what Mitch says. He has so much power. I'm your number one guy. Um, the, the, the thing is, is that he's absent. They really do have one senator because he is never there and he's not working on behalf of Kentuckians. Mm-hmm. Um, it's spoken as a Chicago. Yeah, I was right? going to say. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But so, he, so you know, we, we need to, um, the American people need to get their, their voice heard yeah. again in Washington. And Mitch is blocking us all the time. All right. Now, uh, what makes you think that uh, Mitch McConnell, who seems impervious uh, and all powerful, and he certainly acts that way, what makes you think he's vulnerable to a challenge? Well, there was this really important race in Kentucky for the governorship, and for the first time in many years, it went to a Democrat. They voted for a Democrat. And granted, um, Bevin was not... A, Matt Bevin, the, the incumbent Republican. That's right. He wasn't a popular candidate. He was had about the same popularity level as Mitch does. But and and which Trump, is good news. That is good news. And Trump came to town and tried to bump up his support and didn't uh, work. It did not work. When and when Trump shows up, it doesn't work. That's right. And so Kentuckians said no, and they voted for for this new guy Bashir. And so um, so that's super exciting. You look at how. People want um, politicians to be straight with them. They do. They want people to be real. And um, authenticity goes a long way. I think you wrote about that last week, right? Or or this week, uh, about uh, Democrats being true to to a message, right? uh, Saying saying what it is that they stand for and then really standing for it, right? Following through with policies, uh, not being afraid to, you know, lose lose an election in order to move policy forward. Mm -hmm. We need to move policy forward. And then we need to be really clear about what those policies are that we're standing for. Uh, And I think there are some uh, candidates in in Kentucky that are like that. Uh, Absolutely. uh, And people are hurting. I mean, Kentucky is a really interesting, you know, one of my colleagues actually is from Kentucky. He lived there for a long time. And, you know, he was talking about how Kentucky almost could be six or seven separate states, uh, given the different industries, the agriculture, the coal mining, um, and so there is a, a wide swath of difference in the electorate in Kentucky. Um, what's, what's, uh, what's fascinating is, um, is that people really can be unified if they can respond to something that's human. And one of the things that um, Trump has emboldened, he certainly didn't invent it, right? But he has emboldened and empowered people to um, be hateful and, and divide mm-hmm us. So when we find ways to connect in a human way through the things that are most important to us, this is what moves us to action. It moves us to vote. It moves us to vote for people that also champion the love that we feel. Paul, you, 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 you referred, you were talking about something I wrote uh, and, and getting at the notion 
that there is, I don't know if ideology is the right word, but uh, positions anyway, uh, that Democrats uh, could champion values, if you will, that they could champion uh, and that would win over voters in states that are run by Republican senators. And it's something we talk about a lot on this show, something I think about a lot. And I'm always trying to figure out what it is that could get uh, a voter in, and it's not just Kentucky, but Kentucky, Michigan, Wisconsin, what have you, Illinois, for that matter, uh, to vote Democrat, uh, uh, even though this uh, voter has voted Republican in the past. So what do you think are some of those issues that could uh, move voters to the Democratic side? Um, You know what? I I think I'm not, I don't know if I focus like you on on the Republican voter. You know who I focus on? I focus on the person who stays home. I think that's the person that we, we should focus on. And that's the majority of voters. It's really sad, right? We're talking about the majority of the people around us. They will stay home. And I think that comes from uh, a sense uh, that they can't do anything, that nothing will ever change, that no one will ever serve them. And uh, by standing up for things like, I know, I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound ridiculous, but but healthcare, okay, like making sure that we all have lives and they're long and we can actually execute them because we're not bedridden. Uh, that is going to get people out there. But we really have to stand for 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 that and 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 strongly and unequivocally. Uh, did I say that right? I don't yeah, know if that, much, that the yeah. right. Yeah, it's kind of sorta. Yeah, uh, it's a kind of sorta word. <laughs> it's a kind of sorta. It's always a dangerous one when you go there. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I get what you're but, saying. Yeah. I'm so, not even going to try to say it. Uh, thank you. How to uh, yeah, oh. There we go. Just let me let me hang here yeah. with that. Uh, uh, but anyways, we you know it's by by standing up for it, yeah. right? And and standing for it, and and being really clear. Yeah, it's going to cost us money. Yeah, you know that it is it is going to cost us money to do that. Is it going to cost us as much money to do? that as as what we're paying now no that's what's amazing we're already paying uh more money into a healthcare system that uh life expectancy is going down so literally more money less fewer worse results Mm -hmm. how is that sustainable that's that is unsustainable so any kind of proposition where we say no you know what we're going to do we're going to make sure that Prices go down, and the results go are better. That's what we stand for. We're, we're, that's unmovable. That's what we're going to do. We're going to find the solution to that. There's a super clear line of delineation to me, which is that you either have, have your interests met, you are seen in the process, or you're not. And if you're seen in the process, you want to get involved. For me, when, when I think my vote matters, when I think that my voice, and, and however interested in politics or not I may be, I mean, this goes to your question of how, how do you get voters to vote Democrat? Mm-hmm. Well, w- we have to talk to them and listen to what's important to them. This is how people get interested in things. And there is a massive push to have less and less people vote in America. Stacey Abrams had this unbelievable race in Georgia, right, where mm-hmm. she got super close and, frankly, probably won, but it was stolen from her. I mean, that's what I would argue. When you got the guy running against her, was the Secretary of State of the, and running the whole election. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, right? Yeah. So she spends her time now focusing on, on fair voting um, because w- when more people vote, the people's voice gets heard. So... Um, 
I don't think Donald Trump wants people's voices heard. I don't think anyone in his White House does. Um, I, I honestly, I believe Donald Trump's in, in for himself, period. I don't think Mitch McConnell wants uh, more He does people not to vote. want people to vote. Mitch does well, not Well, he wants want the people, people who are going to vote his way to vote. Uh, yeah. you know, he doesn't want... He doesn't want people who would vote against him to vote. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, and these are people yeah. who, you know, and there are, to Paul's point, there are a lot of people that just don't vote. And why not? I'm interested in those conversations. Well, have, let me ask you this. Yeah. Have you always voted? I have. So the first time I voted actually was uh, absentee in 1996. I had just started college. And so it was the first time I was, I was I just turned 18. Mm-hmm. And I missed I missed it. I mailed it in late. So I didn't even get to vote for 96. Clinton. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> 96. You so, could have voted for Clinton versus, for 10 trivia points, Paul. Who was he running against? Um, I don't know. Oh I'm sorry. God, no, 10.0. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you remember? Bob Dole. Very good, man. Yeah, All right. Ding, ding, ding. Here's the 10 <laughs> trivia points. Yes, indeed. Bob Dole was yeah, the candidate. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to ask you who Bob Dole's running mate was. So we'll Oof. leave you off. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Not a real question. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. I actually know who his running mate was. Jack Kemp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, the That's stuff right. that Former resides in my yeah. brain. Uh, anyway, it's a scary thing. I, I was scared you were going to ask me if I've always voted. That's, well, that's that was why my I next question. That. Yeah, that's, yeah. Why I was, uh, that's why I missed that one. You know, I, I had uh, I went through my anarchist phase. Uh, and, 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 when was that? <laughs> when was your well, last week? That was still going on. <laughs> fast. <laughs> that one went fast. It lasted 53. Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, I don't know. And, you know, in, in, in college and stuff. And uh, and I thought it was, uh, it was snarky you know uh it was a snarky move to uh, to stay out you know it was going to be uh i was going to show uh, uh show the man you know that uh, by not voting by not voting right because you know if you're voting you're part of the system right and so you know that was that that's you know there's 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 some anti-establishment uh ideology that's like that right that you stay out of the process mm-hmm. and that somehow that wash that uh, that washes you clean of of responsibility and then of course as 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 as, as i became older and uh, and, and, and frankly, as I became more aware of my privilege as a white guy living in this society, right, that my ability to just sort of walk away from it and go mm. like, oh, I don't, I don't have to, yeah. you know? I was just, you know, Wait, dripping so did, in privilege. Was this your right? 80s? I'm assuming just by looking at you that you're an 80s guy. Do I <laughs> yeah, have that correct? That's about right. Uh, and you're a 90s guy. And I'm a right. 70s guy. Larry, yeah. got that clear. Yeah, yeah, so right. you were going through a phase in the 80s with the Reagan you know, years where you said, I'm above this all. That's right. Do you yeah. remember when you emerged from that phase? Mm. I mean, I, you know, Reagan really turned me off. I mean, I have to say, you know, uh, he, he was, you know, I mean, the... the the message of you got to get rich, uh, you know, and, you know, screw the other guy really turned me off to politics. So I understand people that are turned off to politics because mm-hmm. of that sort of uh, antisocial messaging, right, from a politician. Uh, it turns you off to the whole thing. But I think, uh, no, I, I, I got back somewhere in the, the 2000, you know, the, the 90s, 2000s, started to, to rethink my, my uh uh, connections to society. <laughs> well, this has been on my mind the last couple of days, uh, and uh, Dennis knows where I'm going to go with this because I've been talking obsessively about this. But what the heck? I got two movie guys in the studio. And let's oh, continue God. this. I know, I know. So the other day, I went and saw uh, on the big screen 
for the first time since 1974 or five. So you guys weren't even born yet, or you were, you're in the cra- cradle. Uh, Godfather two mm-hmm. and Godfather two. I cannot recommend it enough to people is so relevant on so many levels, yeah. but one of which is to expose, uh, the hypocrisy of our political system. Yeah. And as they presents it, uh, in the movie, the senators, the people, this is just one element of the corruption that's exposed in that movie. Right. Uh, they're absolutely controlled. The senators, uh, by powerful interests, be it the mob, uh, or another faction of the mob. It's basically the mob that controls them and nothing is real. Nothing that anybody says, uh, is right. real. It's all a bunch of BS and, uh, artifice. And uh, so much of what we try to do in this show is cut through the BS and try to get at what's really the issues are that people have to face. We try to do that with a little humor, but we're really trying to, hey, guys, this is what they're really talking about, and this is how it impacts you. And uh, my sense is it was reinforced by that movie, uh, Paul and Jesse, because I, I came away feeling that part of Donald Trump's success is that so many Americans buy into the theme of the godfather 2 that nothing is real it's all bs they're all controlled by forces uh, larger than themselves they're lying through their teeth and by this little they in that sentence are the elected officials yeah. they don't tell you the truth about whose interests they really serve and they give you platitudes which you know is bs because you've been around the block once or twice right. so what is the point of voting and so I throw that at you, looking for hope, <laughs> yeah, uh, Jesse. Yeah. No, I'm no oh, pressure yeah. or anything. Yeah, but, sure. uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's a, such an interesting question, the idea of hope, and you know, I I think it's really important to, you know, you ask both of us if we've always voted. I don't think there's any shame in going through, as Paul calls his phase, <laughs> <laughs> an anarchist or anti-establishment phase. Right? There's no shame in in whatever journey we're on. And the point is how, I mean, as, as yes, as, you know, as white guys in America, how do I enable people who don't have as much access, as much opportunity, um, and how do I keep my voice a little more silent and build other people up? Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways I get to do that is by listening to people and having conversations, asking questions truly about what's meaningful to people. Um, and so I got to go seek them out and find it. And um, I, I think that there is such an obviously extreme polarization in our country right now when it comes to poly- I had a guy come over this morning to uh, fi- put a new humidifier in our HVAC system because it broke, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, making small talk with the guy. And one question I asked him, I'm like, because the impeachment hearing was on, and I'm like, oh, is... Um, <laughs> you've been watching this thing this morning? And he's like, oh, no, no, basically, fuck politics. I don't care. And then he goes on a little further. All I did was keep my mouth shut. Mm-hmm. He goes on a little further, and he says, well, uh, you know, I mean, not everything they say about Donald Trump is is wrong. I mean, a lot, Some, you know, some of it's right, but, but uh, I mean, he's not that, you know, he should stop tweeting. He should stop being on Twitter. He some of the stuff. So it's like this polarization of uh, apologizing for Trump's rhetoric, apologizing for, and, and also feeling so um, hesitant to be in the process, mm-hmm. hesitant to be in the conversation because of the polarization. I, I think the 
uh, I think the antidote is, uh, is, is connection. I really do. Is connecting to what's deeply meaningful to us. Um, and, and in terms of, you know, uh, another yeah. observation that comes up about, you know, about Trump and about, um, it, it, I go think, ahead. You know what, just yeah. to jump off of that, yeah. you know, Trump does connect with people. <clears throat> I mean, you and, right. you and I may not like it. Right. You know what I mean? You yeah. and I, you're, you, I don't know about you, Ben, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big Trump supporter over here. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, so us sitting in this room, we may not like the way mm -hmm. he connects with people, right? And, and we may say, gee, that's, that's wrong. But he is, he understands he, the people he, that elected him uh, on, a, on an intuitive level. He is truly, you know, a master at, at uh, both listening to them, knowing what it is that they want to hear, and, and then delivering that uh, exact statement uh, that they really will respond to. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, yeah, do, do I think misogyny works in a society? No, I don't like it. Do I think racism is the way to go? No, I don't like it. Xenophobia, not so much. <laughs> uh, you know, I can go down the list, right? You know, giving money away to rich people, you know, no, I don't, I don't think that is a just society. But, but he does it. Uh, really skillfully, and he and he repeats, yeah. and he's on a repeat, right? And and uh, and it's sharp, and it's quick, and it's quotable, and he's always on message, mm -hmm. right? And Republicans uh, always on message, yeah. always on message, and so Democrats, uh, are, I think, really need to do that same thing. Um, you know, one thing, one thing though, I, I will say this: you know, when when uh, when something good comes to people from our government. Uh, they forget it instantly. Uh, it is gone, right? When something bad happens, they remember it forever. And that is something that I think that, you, you know. Give me an example of that. Oh, man. Um, well, I think, you know, I think it's human nature to remember the mistakes more than the successes, mm. you know? And uh, people will remember uh, that, oh, my God, my property taxes went up. Yeah. And, I, you know, I can't believe it. They they will forget that they bought the house at you know at a much lower yeah. price than they're living in it now, and that's why your property taxes kind of went up. And so they forget the services they get yeah. for those taxes. Well, I'll I'll, I'll phrase it a little differently yeah. uh, because <laughs> I feel that once people get something from government, they want it forever. They mm -hmm. don't want to lose it. Mm -hmm. So that's what. Social Security can't get rid of it, and the fight against Obamacare, uh, aside from the fact that it was uh, Obama who delivered it, and yeah. Republicans really hate him for doing that, yeah. they don't want to get credit for anything. Uh, is what makes it so difficult for the Republicans is that a service has been given to people, and now the Republicans' attitude toward it is we're going to take it away from you. And I think it dawned collectively on the. Uh, it took a while, but it collectively dawned on American voters in about 2018 that. He, the Republicans are taking away something from us without giving us anything in return. And, Republic, and the Democrats, as a result, were able to take back the House. Now we have all these centrists saying, oh, we learned this <laughs> lesson. <laughs> we, talk about health care. Don't talk about, uh, you know, um, immigration. Uh, immigration. Yeah. Don't talk yeah. about free college. Just talk about health care. And don't even promise Medicare for all. Just talk about keeping Obamacare. Like mm -hmm. they fit the Democrats, very cautious, safe uh, message. So I, 
I do. I think I, I do be, believe people want what government gives them, uh, but they've been exp- uh, sort of taught to think that it will work against them. And in terms of your, uh, in all due respect to the guy who installed your air conditioning system or fixed it, mm-hmm. uh, Jesse, I'll have this to say: I love it when when Republicans they say they start defending Trump and they go, well, "I don't like some of that tweeting." Boy, you love the tweet. You love it. Yeah. You love it. You're, you're just saying <laughs> you're, that because you're in my house. But no, here's the thing. No, about you're it. saying it because yeah. it's the politically correct That's right. the thing, thing to say. Well, yeah. you know, God, of course, I'm not for the tweeting. Yeah. But it's like you guys get off. It's like tweeting porn. And, you and, know? He, and here's the follow-up to, mm-hmm. to this fella is that when I start talking to him a little further and don't put Trump or tweeting at the front of the conversation, yeah. I realize I learned that, that he's got a 10-month-old baby. He's, you know, he's the one that eats all the French fries when his wife had the pregnant uh, cravings, right? <laughs> yeah. And he's like uh, not accepting a, you know, a, a cookie from us or any anything from us because he's trying to, you know, eat better or whatever, right? I start to learn about him as a as a human being, and I see him as a human being. And when we start diving into our own humanity more, then we get to connect and we get to, uh, we get to get move around, mm-hmm. move around this divisiveness. And we get to actually build bridges together once again, which is the way to combat hate. All right, my advice to you with that uh, air conditioning guy is don't give him a cookie, <laughs> give him a carrot, okay? You hey, you're only. eating too many cookies. Right. Get a little chubby there. Yeah. Uh, carrot, not cookie. <laughs> uh, all right, one more time, give folks the uh, the who, what, and where. Uh, everybody out yeah. there, if you want to take a stand against Mitch McConnell, yeah. I know a lot of you do, even yeah. if it's just a symbolic one. So come on, it's yeah. going to be it's, fun. It's We're it's all getting free, together. It's a free event. Free event. Uh, you free? Can come. It oh, is yeah. free. Hold on. F-R-E-E? Right. Dennis, right. doesn't that mean you don't have to pay? Is that what free means? Even Dennis knows yeah. this. No, Dennis knows a lot. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Could you look that up for me? I just want to make sure I got this straight. Free? F-R-E? That's didn't right. tell me it was free. Well, Dewey's, right? Yes. Come on in. Bottom lounge, you get to have a Moscow <laughs> Mitch, a Leningrad Wait, if Lindsay. if it's free, how are you going to get raise well, money? You, well, the, you, we free will, to enter. We ask you for money when you're there. Duh. You get the opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a cash we bar. We give you the opportunity That's right. to join us. In but we fight. want you there. We want you in the but room. But we want you there. This is much more about uh, creating that that energy and about creating that community and talking to each other about what we want and to being happen together. and being together and what we want to have uh, have happen in the in, in the upcoming season. All right, stand so up as Chicagoans. Absolutely. I learned this from Dennis to do this. All right. So when is the day? It's Wednesday, November twentieth, six thirty to eight thirty this Wednesday at the Bottom Lounge. 1375 West Lake Street. I'm sorry, I misheard that. What was the name of the place again? The Bottom Bottom Lounge. And what's the address again? 1375 West Lake Street. And what was the day again? Wednesday. November 20. (laughs) Uh, We're we're Ben's monkeys. We're Ben's monkeys. That's what we do. Yeah. One more time. I'm so proud of you right now, Man, I've learned a thing or two from this guy. Uh, he he knows how to do that really a lot better than I do. But uh, anyway, uh, come join us. I urge everybody to show up and buy Love yourself you a there. Mitch. Can't wait to see uh, you. A Moscow, Moscow Mitch. Moscow right. Mitch. And send know, some money. Uh, yeah. Raise some money. Just feel, you know, like Mitch McConnell's been giving you, Democrats yeah. and Chicagoans, the two middle finger high. Well, oh, boom, 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 boom. For, for years. Right. For years. Right. So give it to him back. Let's give it to him back. All right. And uh, I expect to see that air conditioning guy there plenty of carrots all right right. carrots for all even some celery here we go 
All right. Very Before we good. go, can I let him hear my Mitch McConnell impression? Yes. All Please. right. Cool. Cool. Not there's no words. It's just a noise. Really. Here we go. I love this Mitch McConnell imitation. What a character, Mitch McConnell, folks. A diabolically evil genius at the heart of the Republican Party. By the way, let me ask you this. I'll throw out uh, our Mitch (laughs) question. All right, now here we go. Here's the Mitch question. All right, don't duck and dodge it. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I'm so nervous. The tension is building. All right, so Mitch is swearing allegiance to Donald John Trump on this impeachment, right? Do you think it's possible? Do you think it's in any way possible that Mitch McConnell might figure it's his best interest to throw old Donald under a bus and have some uh, senators vote to impeach him? Jesse. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I don't. I think they're all in on Trump, and they have been from the, what, like June or May of 2016? Yeah. As soon as he started with that racist shit, and it's been nonstop down the tracks since. Uh, no, uh, no. Okay. You know, uh, Republicans tell the truth. Uh, they do. They say they want to, quote unquote, limit the power of the federal government. I don't know if any president has done that more successfully than this particular Republican president. He has decimated the federal government. Well, I would, I would, you know, I would, I would disagree with you. I think he's there's more power in the presidency now uh, than ever before. He gives his middle finger uh, to congressional subpoenas uh, to the courts. You mean he, democratic institutions? Yes. We well, yeah. well, no. I mean, like, yeah. uh, yes, it's Democrats in Congress that are subpoenaing him. But essentially, he's saying he's above the law and does not have to respond to them. When lower courts rule against him, he says that ah, doesn't matter. I control the Supremes. I'm going to win ultimately there. Uh, when uh, when anybody criticizes them, he flies into their state, denounces them, and gets a crowd to cheer. So I think he's got more power than I'm trying to think of any president that went before him. Yeah, but but that's it's cynical power, right? This is exactly what you were talking about, about Godfather too. It's the power that will prove the point that government doesn't work for you. Mm. And this is the this is of course the 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 power that they have. They don't have to prove that government works. They keep telling you it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Then they make it not work. And guess what? They just proved that it doesn't work for you. And then it's it's just a little thing. Democrats have this much more difficult project, right? We have the project of going, hey, government works for you. And then we have to actually make government work for you, which is a way you can make, by the way, in this one, in the one where you have to make the, yeah, I'm showing things on the, uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, uh, on the right side. No, you know what? When Democrats, <laughs> Democrats can make mistakes. You know, I, I heard somebody somewhere say, you know, when you're burning down the house, it doesn't really matter where you throw the match, yeah. right? It really does not matter at that point where you, what you're doing. There's no plan. You're just going to burn it down. And that's what I'm saying. You know, they, and they keep telling us they're, they're you know, this is what we want. And this is what I'm saying that Mitch McConnell, you know, this Republican president is doing exactly that. He is following through with a plan. That plan has been in place since Reagan, uh, really. And, and, and they've been executing that. All right. So you want to join the uh, the chorus, uh, Ditch Mitch Chicago, November twentieth, six thirty, bottom lounge. Yeah. Be there or be square. Can't wait to see you there. Can't wait to see you all there. Thank you, gentlemen. This Thank has you, been ben. another bonus show on the Ben Drowski Show. Take care, everybody.